1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM So Julianne, just to explain to listeners, I I might speak a bit more slowly than normally because you are lip-reading me right now because you are profoundly deaf.
0: That's right, um, BJ. I'm profoundly deaf since probably two when they found out that I couldn't hear. Um... I had meningitis, and they always presumed I went deaf from meningitis, but we found out later I actually had genetic deafness that I have passed on to my son. So my speech is good. I've learned to speak very, very young, but I actually depend on being able to see your face to yeah. be able to hear. And if I can't see your face, I can't hear anything.
1: Yeah. It a bit strange. I'm just, I'm just a, a head moving, looking at you.
0: Yes, I I actually appreciate you making the effort and coming and doing this face-to-face interview. It shows how forward-thinking you are and it really is. I appreciate it.
1: Talk to me about yourself and Liam. How old is he now?
0: Uh, Well, I'm 45 and Liam will be 15 next week. So I suppose we've had a very hard, long slog to try and get um, any services whatsoever. Um, We both have separate needs Mm -hmm. and... um,
1: What are his, for example? He's autistic and he has ADHD and a few more. So what are his needs?
0: Um, I suppose the need for occupational therapy, for physio, for speech and language, for access to mental health services, Um, I suppose he was implanted with the cochlear implant, which was amazing, you know, it was amazing technology, but then we never really got any follow-up with speech and language, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of expecting me, a deaf mother, to teach him how to speak how to give him access to language and i'm kind of um hold on a minute my own speech you know isn't fantastic how do i give him the words that i don't have i would have a a lack in the vocabulary and how do i teach him the words that i don't
1: you reminded me when i came to your door that we met before uh, when he was only five and he were trying to get the implants for him.
0: We had a massive battle um, God, 10 years ago now to try and get him the cochlear implants and I'm only thinking how long ago it was and how such a big big battle to get him those cochlear implants and the expense and going up and down to Dublin. We went to the Doyle and we spoke in the Doyle and we got him the first implant and then to go back and fight Five more years later, to get him the second implant. And now he can hear, he can do well with hearing, but to actually give him access to spoken language, he needs a speech and language therapist, Mm -hmm. he needs someone to speak, sit down with them, and teach him spoken language. Mm -hmm. Deaf children are very, very different to hearing children. Hearing children are going to learn from hearing language being spoken around them. Deaf children need to be taught. Language. Mm -hmm. They need someone to sit down and teach them new vocabulary over and over again. Mm -hmm. And Liam is actually missing that. He's missing words that I don't use on a day-to-day basis. And he'll come back to me and he'll say, I heard another child saying... And he try to pronounce the word and he can't say it. Mm-hmm. And I'm um I don't know what that word is. Mm-hmm. So I have to go back to his teacher or I have to go back and say something to somebody else and try and get them to teach me how to teach him.
1: So, so he has never had, even though he got the implants, yeah. he has never had speech and language therapy. No,
0: very poor, very poor access to speech and language therapy. Um, he might have gotten the odd four or five sessions and that was it. And then the very same with occupational therapy. Um i think
1: explain sorry to no. interrupt. Occupational therapy is a is a word we hear a lot of. Yeah. What is it? What does he need that an OT would teach yeah. him?
0: For Liam it's all about movement, how he's using his joints, how he regulates his emotions. So if Liam is not uh, I suppose grounded is a word that we use a lot um, if he is not feeling comfortable in himself, if he's feeling hyper, if he's not feeling regulated OT is very important to link in with an occupational therapist and say, you know what supports can we give Liam to help him feel better about himself help him to manage something it's about self-esteem as well mm-hmm. so if I can't do something can you show me how to do it better writing, access to opening and closing jars um, washing taking care of yourself um, Liam also has arthritis and he has a lot of pains in his joins so at the moment we need the uh, um, occupational therapy to help him with equipment, mm. laptops He can't write very well um, so we need a laptop for, for school He needs a proper desk, he needs a special chair in school, so he's not getting any pains in his neck, he's not bending his neck. Um, Unfortunately, there's a huge lack in services for occupational therapy, and that's probably about as far as the services can go, we can write you a report for school but we can't really go any further than that we can't offer him any one to one services and Liam has dyspraxia, dyspraxia is about how you use your hands, how you use your joints and Liam would find self care very hard Mm. tying his shoes using his hands for brushing his teeth, brushing his hair, shaving and I'm a woman and I'm okay, how do I shave him how do I teach him Mm. how to shave
1: Mm.
0: and it's actually quite a high task for a child that's very very sensory Mm. his face is very sensory trying to put a shaving foam on him trying to use a blade on him he absolutely hates um, dry shaving just the sense of the shaver on his oh, face
1: you can't use an electric
0: no it has to be a wet shaver he won't use an um, electric shaver it would just the noise of it the feeling of it oh. on his skin will drive him absolutely crazy
1: and do you have to do it for him is yeah. there a danger he would cut himself yes
0: he would actually cut himself and then I suppose it's the worry that if I cut him or if anything happens then he won't be able to deal with that. It's not a case of being able to reason with him and I'm sorry I've cut you or I've I've hurt you. He would just see the blood and he would absolutely lose control of himself. So I'm constantly worried I'm going to hurt him, it's going to go wrong, my hands are sore, I can't do this properly, I'm bending over the bath trying to keep him calm, relaxed. And I'm panicking and thinking if I do this wrong, Hmm. He is not going to be able to cope
1: because mm-hmm. so I, I, he will have a meltdown and
0: yeah I hate using the word but meltdown
1: for, for people who don't understand autism they understand the word meltdown Liam couldn't process you make a mistake like that Liam can't process it
0: Yes, and, and he
1: responds in the only way he knows
0: yes I hate using the word meltdown or I hate using the word get aggressive or get angry because people might judge me when they might judge him they might see him as a bold child, or an aggressive child, or they might see me as a parent that's not disciplining them enough. You know, if you discipline that child, he just get on with it. It's not. That's people simple, who have enough.
1: no idea what they're talking about. I you know, tell you, uh, you know that.
0: It's a child that's completely overwhelmed by the sensories <laughs> that they're being presented with, and they're trying their best, and you're trying your best as a parent to guide them and walk them through that mm-hmm. but they can't, they can't and they're trying to meet you halfway and you're very, very scared you're going to get latched out by a six foot tall teenager that's growing very, very fast, so you tip going very slow around the situation. At nine o'clock at night, while you're exhausted, your joints are sore from arthritis, you can't even look after your own self-care, but you have to give everything to him. Mm -hmm. You're giving every ounce of your energy to get him through this stage. So, yes, meltdowns will and can happen very, very quickly.
1: Now, you have explained your deafness but the arthritis you have a severe form of arthritis you're in constant pain huh?
0: um, I try to put it to the back of my mind as something that's very very hard to talk about because the pain overwhelms you mm. you're in pain all of the time 24 You never get away from it And you're a carer on top of it And people go I don't know how you do that Do I have a choice I don't have a choice I have to be a carer And I have to be a carer With needs myself. Where, where is
1: the arthritis? It's all I over. I
0: have literally arthritis from head to toe at the moment. It's in my neck and my shoulders. It's in my knees. It's in my ankles. I struggle to walk. I struggle to lift anything heavy. Um, I struggle to wash my hair. I have... Um, I've often taken the scissors and chopped my own hair. Because... I can't wash it or blow-dry it properly and I can't afford it to go to the hairdresser. So when it gets too long, I'll get a scissors and I'll chop my own hair off because it's the weight of it is too heavy and there's no money to pay for our hairdressers. So that's the easiest solution is to just get a scissors and chop. Um, There's very little energy left at the end of the day to take care of your own needs. So you just grab any bit of clothes you can and you put them on and you just try and get on with your day.
1: And all of this time, and he's out now because I know you made an opportunity for me to come and talk to you. But when Liam comes home, he's a big, strong lad with his own needs. So how do you possibly manage? Both of you. How do you manage?
0: Oh, I have no choice but to, to manage. Um, Liam is on the go non-stop, 24-7. He is very, very hyper. Um, he's very, very um, impulsive. Um, things can get broken in the house very easy. Not on imperfect. I don't want people thinking he's going around smashing things on imperfect. He's not. He can pick up something and accidentally and then throw it and then you find yourself with a broken window and you're like oh god how am I going to pay for a 300 euro broken window and you always constantly think is he ever going to outgrow that stage is he ever going to get to a stage where that impulsiveness will stop you know he's 50 now and he's still doing the same thing Mm,
1: he's like a little boy in a in a growing man's body. Does he understand his condition? Is he self aware?
0: No. no, no, there's no way. He will say sorry, or he will say, "I love you, mom. Uh, I won't do it again, mom. Sorry." and you know, you just want to cuddle him and squeeze him and you love him. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh my God, that's another expense to add to the next expense, to the next expense. And you can't be cross with them. Yeah. But you still panic Um and there's living costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a single mom and I don't get carer's allowance or anything. And um, How come? Carer's allowance is a mean test of payment. I don't think people actually realise that. They think everybody gets carers. We don't. It's a mean test of payment. And I get maintenance. And that's counted as means. So I'm not entitled to get carer's allowance. And I live in a very rural area. Quite a rural area, and um, the costs for petrol and for diesel, and driving Liam from one place to the other, and driving up and down to Dublin, that's expensive. Mm. And um,
1: you can still drive. What, what happens when the arthritis becomes so bad that you can't? Could that happen? <laughs>
0: Um, I'd be honest with you Peter it has or has happened, and i um I've blown a migraine on the side of the Dublin road and've had to pull over and um I don't know if the listeners really want to know that puke into a bucket on the side of the car and um Liam doesn't cope well with that no. he's had to give I want to go home. And I'm trying to get you home, but mum can't see, Mom is vomiting, and um, Liam will melt down very quickly. And I'm on the side of the road, vomiting my gut stop, crying my eyes out, thinking, how am I going to get him home? So, um... We normally have to stay overnight now in Dublin. I can't risk driving.
1: And that's more cost?
0: That's more cost, obviously. Um, It was too risky. It was too fearful of driving up and driving down.
1: Who looks after you? I mean, you look after him to the best of your ability, limited though you are. Who minds you?
0: Nobody. Nobody. I'm forgotten. I'm not worth looking after I don't I'm, say that. I'm not worth looking after. I've spent my life being a carer, falling into the carer role. Um, my mom got sick with cancer, and I, I looked after my mom. Uh, and then my mom died, and now I'm looking after Liam. And I actually feel worthless. I feel I'm not worth anybody looking after me because isn't that what the government is saying? Carers are worthless. We're not entitled to any services and we're not entitled to any support. So I am the scum in the pond. I'm the lowest of the lowest. I am. Um, I don't think anybody would mind if I died.
1: That's That's very hard to listen to you say that. But you must lay awake thinking what would happen to Liam if anything happened to me?
0: Um, I suppose that was my worst nightmare during Covid. Um, if I got sick what would happen to Liam? And um, I suppose I had to face the fact Liam would going to care that um, there was really no sh- support it really was a case of um, both me and Liam are immune compromised and the risk was quite high and it was a case of well if he gets it or I get it you'll have to look after him but there's no one to look after you Liam would go into care and that would be that Um, can I be honest with you yeah I don't think people really understand disability. Um, Even friends and family can be very much, um, you know, get up and get on with it, put yourself together. Or you might hear a lot of, um, if he got a good bit of discipline, you know, he'd be sorted. And um, that's hard to hear. Particularly when it's not true. uh, Very, very hard to hear. So I have one or two good friends that are not from Cork. And, um, you know, you can text them and you can message them, But actually physically helping, looking after Liam, no, that's not there. I'm pretty much on my own.
1: He goes to school and, and he's on his way home from school now as we speak. So tell me about the rest of the day and then tell me about tomorrow morning.
0: Um, Liam will suffer from I suppose out is the only word you can use it um, he'll be very tired very exhausted coming in from school doesn't really want to talk doesn't really want to communicate will be very close to a, a meltdown when he comes in needs to depressurize mm-hmm. when he comes in so you really need to have food ready, bath ready Bajara's ready and just let him try to come down out of it himself in his own way and then the rest of the day is very much about Liam going from one activity to the next activity to the next activity you get very little done you wouldn't be able to go out with Liam you wouldn't be able to say right Liam we need to go to the supermarket he would explode that would be just pushing him over the edge he loves his school I must say that he's going to um, the Carragulay Community Special School and that only opened last year so we had quite a hard battle and a fight to get them to open a new special school and he adores the staff in the school um but there is actually no multidisciplinary team working in the school. So there's no speech and language and there's no occupational therapists, mm. which is sad, really, when you think that they've set up a brand new state of the art special school and they don't give them the services that they need.
1: This is part of this progressing disability thing, that it's all supposed to come under one umbrella and, and it doesn't. Will he sleep tonight, eventually.
0: Um, Quite hard to get him settled. to be honest with you PJ. Um, Liam could have (laughs) believe it or not um, two or three baths a day. So he uses the water and he uses the heat of the water to help him relax. So again, before bedtime, Liam could look for another bath at nine o'clock to try and help him calm get ready for bed and he could spend quite a lot of the night in and out of my room talking non-stop reliving the rest of the day everything that happened, things that he needs to talk about, things he needs to address and then he's on medication to try and help him sleep and he tried to give him that and he would still come in and jump on top of me in the bed and I am at this point burnt out, I have nothing left.
1: And you can't hear him coming, so he accidentally hurts you.
0: Yes, there's a lot of that. I actually spoke to the public health nurse and tried to get a double profile bed. I'm on a hospital bed, a small, very, very small, single hospital bed. And I tried to ask big for a double bed. And the answer I got was it was inappropriate for him to be jumping on the bed on me. And it was more or less a case of um, I should stop him from coming into the bed.
1: He's a grown man. He doesn't understand. This is what he does and they told you it's inappropriate
0: make him stop. Yes. And I, I was literally very, very upset by the comment. It was one little thing that I've asked some for, and I was refused. And I was literally told the only option is to go away and buy a double profile bed. If that's what you want, And I'm um, how do I get the money to buy a double profile bed? And I'm I thinking. Do I take out a loan with the credit union? Or what do I do to make this situation better? It would be life-changing for me. It would make a huge difference for me. But they weren't even willing to make that much of help.
1: How do you, how do you go on?
0: Um... I spoke very low to be honest with you, PJ. I'm not really sure if I want to go down that road. Um, I went down to a very dark place and I felt hopeless and I felt like giving up. Um, Liam wasn't getting very good services in CAMS and he was getting very angry and very aggressive. And I was getting hurt regularly, on a very regular, obese basis. Uh, I felt I couldn't go on anymore. I couldn't wake up anymore. I just wanted to go to sleep and not wake up. I didn't want any pain anymore. And um, I suppose what kept me here, I couldn't abandon my son. I couldn't leave him on his own. He is everything, absolutely everything to me, my world. The reason I wake up in the morning, the reason I breathe, is because of him. And I couldn't picture him on his own. So I wake up for him and um, I went to Petra House and I got counselling. So I got about seven weeks of counselling and um, It's something carers really need, I suppose. It's a backup of counselling. And it's something we're not offered.
1: Another thing you're not offered.
0: Yes. And uh, I suppose we don't give up. And the government, no, we'll never give up. We are responsible for the people we care for. And we love them too much to give up but we we do go down we do go to a dark place and we do question why we're worthless why we don't matter to anyone
1: I think you matter an awful lot more than you think to one very special boy who'll be home soon I'm going to let you to it Thank you so much, Julianne.
0: Thank you very much for coming, PJ. I really appreciate it. And I know there are a lot of carers out there that appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to us.
1: And again, lastly, for listeners, this entire conversation has been conducted by you with me, liberating. I can't believe that you're so good at that.
0: Thank you, PJ. I really appreciate it.
1: Corks 96FM.